The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Sukkah has been dedicated by Celia and Isaac Jamal. Hashem Alehem Yehu Amen for the Hatzlecha of their dear children. May they see much nachat from all of them. May they all grow up and get married in the right time and have children healthily, happily with berachah vatzlacha. And may they see uh, descendants and descendants of their descendants. Ad bi'ad go'el sedek. Amen. The Masechet has also been dedicated Le'ilu Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden Amen Again by Celia and Isaac Jamal To school the mitzvot Daf Bet Today's Daf is being studied Le'ilu Nishmat Abraham Ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden Amen We begin Masechet Sukkah Right in the beginning of the first Mishnah. And the Mishnah begins teaching us some laws around surrounding the Halchot Sukkah. Sukkah shehi gevoha lemarla mi'asrim amma pesula. Verabi Yehuda makshir. The first deen is if you have a Sukkah that's higher than 20 amot, so the Mishnah's deen is pesula. Rabbi Yehuda, however, says kasher. So that's the first machlokah of the Masechet on a sukkah that's above 20 amad. As she says, The Gemara will explain what the rationale of the machlokah is. The next case in the Mishnah. If the sukkah is a small sukkah, that it does not reach in height, meaning the walls are less than 10 tefahim, now, ten tefahim, each tefah, let's say, for argument's sake, would be anywhere between three to four inches. Therefore, let's say you have a thirty-inch sukkah, it's a tiny sukkah. So, therefore, the Mishnah is going to tell us it is pesula. Third deen, v'she'en la shalosh defanot. If the sukkah does not have minimally three walls, v'she'hamata meruba mesilta pesula. Or, let's say, there's more. Sun, then shade. So the sukkah is pesula as well, which means if the schach does not provide shade, it provides more sun than shade. Meaning on the bottom, on the floor, when you look at the floor, the sukkah is more sun. So therefore, the mishnah says it is pesula. Rashi, sukkah that be yudam machshir. The gemara mefarish peluktayu v'she'ena gevuha asara. The gemara mefarish ta'ama shalosh defanot tamei the gemara yalif lehu v'she'amata merubam esulta. So that she says over here, Hamuat batel barov, which means even if there's a little shade that's provided by the schach, that little shade is nullified in the rov sun. Varehu kemisheeno, and therefore it's considered as if it's not there. So she tells us that you should know when we call a sukkah sukkah. The sukkah is called a sukkah because of its schach. And what's the purpose of schach? To provide shade. Schach is the roof. So therefore, if it doesn't provide shade, or if it provides minimal shade, that minimal shade is not considered enough. It's batel in the rov, hamam, therefore the sukkah is 
pesula. Now, not that anybody needs any pictures to understand the cases of the Mishnah, but just to make it a little clearer, pictures is a thousand words. Here you see in the first picture in our books that we're using in the Hamaora uh, Mivuar. So the first picture of the Masechet, you see obviously it's a sukkah that's above 20 amah, very high sukkah. For example, an amah would be, let's say, two feet for argument's sake. So it's 40 feet high or higher. So this sukkah would be pasul, and we'll see why. Asarat uh, you see the second picture where the sukkah is, you know, very short in its walls. That is pasula as well. She'en la shalosh defanot. Right, you see, it doesn't have three walls. It's got one, it's got two walls, like a um, like an L with tzach on top. That would be pasul as well. And then, uh, <clears throat> fine. Now we begin the Gemara. Gemara says, Tenan <clears> Hatam. <throat> we learned in Masechet Arubin, Mavui Shehu Gavoa Me'asrim Amma Yemaet. We have a Mavui. What's a mavui? Let's review. <clears throat> we learned in Masechet Arubin, you have, let's say, an alley. Okay? Now, in the alley, we're talking about a mavui she'eno mefulash. It's closed off, meaning there's three walls. The opening of it opens up to the Rishut Arabim. So again, you enter from the Rishut Arabim into this alley that has three walls uh, around it. Now, there are hatserot, there are courtyards that open up into the alley. Okay, many courtyards on the side, on the right to the left of the alley, and they, they walk in and out. Now, Minat Torah, this courtyard is considered a Shuta Yahid. The alley is also considered a shared property. So from the Torah law, you can carry from courtyard to courtyard, from courtyard into the Mavui. <coughs> All that is Mutar. However, the Hachamim came along and demanded <coughs> that one makes what's called which means in order to carry from one Hatser to another Hatser so the Hachami made a halakha you have to put in Eruv what does it mean in Eruv? <coughs> all the members of the Hatser have to partake and go partners in a loaf of bread and they leave that loaf of bread in one of the Hatserot now that unites all the Hatserot together and allows them to carry from one courtyard to another courtyard but the Achamim also said that we're concerned, even though now you made an Eruv, and technically it's all considered one domain and you can carry, but since the Mavui is opened up to the Rishut Arabim, we're concerned that people might forget and unintentionally walk out into the Rishut Arabim when they're carrying something. So therefore the Achamim demanded to put a Heker, a certain reminder at the entrance, at the gate, in order to remember that this, you know, this is the borderline over here. Now, the Heker is called in the Halakha either a Lehi, or a Korah. A lehi would be a straight pole that they put at the entrance. A Korah would be a cross beam. Okay? Now, regarding this uh, cross beam that they place on top, the Gemara Erubin says that you cannot place it more than 20 amah high. Which means if, let's say, uh, the walls are very high, you stick it all the way on, on the top of the walls there. So the Gemara says over there, it's Pasul. Logic being the whole purpose of the Eruvis, you can see it. It seems if it's too high, you're not going to be able to notice it. So therefore, the deed over there is, what are you supposed to do? Yima'it. You're supposed to lower it. Now, just so you get a, a feeling of what we're talking about, and our picture book in picture number four, you see over here, here's the Mavui. Okay, it's a Mavui Satum. Because the back wall is closed. There's courtyards on the side over here. And it's opened in... Okay, so this is the Mavui that we're talking about. Here you see the cross beam that they would place at the edge 
of the Mavui in order to remind everybody that this is the Rishut Rabim. Now, if indeed, let's say, they placed it above 20 Amma, like you see in picture 5, so the Mishnah says, what do you have to do? Yima'it. You have to lower it. So now the Gemara is going to ask a question. Gemara says the following. Tenanatam we learned in Masikat Arubin. Mavui shugavawa mi'islim amma yima'it. Rabbi Yehuda omer eno sarikh. Rabbi Yehuda says you don't have to. So Rabbi Yehuda is consistent. Just like by sukkah he says you don't have to do anything to the sukkah that's above 20, so to buy the mavui as well. So the Gemara asks now, Why when it comes to a sukkah that's above 20, detani pesula, the Mishnah's language was what? It's pesula, it's no good. But whereas by Mavui, the language of the Mishnah is Yima'it, lower it. Meaning that the Mishnah provides for us a tikkun, how to fix it. So now the Gemara is asking on semantics over here, on language. When it comes to the Pesul of the Sukkah above 20, the Mishnah says conclusively, Pesula, finished, it's Pesul, it's no good. When it comes to the uh, Mavui, the Mishnah's language is Yima'it, lower it. Which means, why not say by uh, sukkah as well? Fix it! Lower it! How come only by Eruv it says to lower it? So the Gemara offers two answers to this. The first answer the Gemara says, Mavsukah deoraita tani pesula. Mavui de Rabbanan tani takanta. The first Hilukah the Gemara is that sukkah is of the Torah. And therefore, since the psul is from the Torah, that the Mishnah uses Lashon Pesula, whereas the law of Mavui is Midrabbanan, so it uses the word Yema'it. What does one have to do with the other? Just because this is the Oraita and this is the Rabbanan, why should that affect the words? So we read Rashi. Rashi, Sukam de Oraita, the Islim Amadile, the law of 20 Amot Yalfinan de Oraita. Before this Mishnah was ever taught, Already the law was already established before the Mishnah was ever written. Where was the law established of Sukkah? Which is when you're writing the Mishnah and you're discussing a law that already exists. The law existed before the Mishnah. So you could say, you should know, a sukkah that's above 20, we have a rule already. It's Pesula. It's Pesula from when? It's Pesula from Moshe Rabbeinu. It's Pesula already for, uh, you know, a thousand years. Uh, so the point is, on something that already was enacted, so therefore it's shayak to say the law, Pesula, because we're discussing a law that already exists. However, Mavui, the whole law is Midrabanan. Right from the Torah, as long as you have the three walls, that cross beam that you're placing at the end of the Mavu is only Midrabanan. We use the last one of Tikkun, meaning Yema'at, lower it. Why? Which means when it comes to rabbinical law, we don't have a precedence. We're stating the law now. Which means, this is the law. If a person has a mavui uh, that's above 20, we are the rabbis telling you, lower it. You can't say, 
We're discussing the law right now. We made up the law. We're telling you the law from the inception. So therefore, on something from the Torah, which already the law existed before the Mishnah, we'll say, Pesula, you should know from Moshe Rabbeinu, it was Pesula. Here the rabbis are enacting it. They're enacting it in the present. So they're telling you, you should know, a mavui that's above 20, which we demanded you to do, so we're telling you, lower it. So that's the way that she understands the answer, Deoraita, the Rabbanan. Tosfot over here has a different answer. If you look in the Tosfot, the Buddha Matkhil, Deoraita, Tani Pesula, Tihava, Tani Yema'et, Haishina Dilma Ta'i, Inish Lomar, Yema'et Lechatehila, Vidiabad Kishira. Which means, so what's this different answer over here? So the word yima'et is a lighter terminology. Yima'et sounds like lechatehila, lower it. But if you didn't lower it, it's okay. So the Tosfot says, on a deoraita like sukkah, we don't want to take a risk in using a, uh, a word that's not so clear. Because people might misinterpret and say, lechatehila, lower it. But if you didn't lower the sukkah, it's okay. Now already you put a guy in a situation where it's isu deoraita. Masheikin by mavui will take the risk. Because you know what? Even if the guy makes a mistake, the worst thing he's committing is isu drabanan. It's not an isu tabji. Even if he says, oh, yima'eta But with the abad, okay, by drabanan, it's okay. Now, why would we want to take a risk at all? To that, the Tosafot explains because yima'et is a nicer terminology. Which means in. In Gemara, in Talmud, like we saw in Masikat Pesachim, the Hachamim always like to use the more refined word. Yema'et is a more refined terminology. But we're not going to use a refined terminology if it's going to lead to a mistake from the Torah. But, Midrabbanan, we'll use it because the damage is not that great. Because even if a person misinterprets the word Yema'et to mean but the Ahmad, it's okay. The worst problem is only going to be transgressing a Rabbanan. So that's the way Tosfot understands the Gemara's answer. Deoraita, the Rabbanan. Deoraita, we got to use the strong language so they don't use misinterpret. The Rabbanan, you can use the more refined language. Let's read that inside the Tosfot. I'm going to start again from the beginning. Even though it's really not a refined language. We're not concerned. The Torah added extra words, extra letters, If you remember when the Torah is talking about the non-kosher animals, it says, Asher enena tehora. The Pasuk just could have said, Teme'ah. So you see the Torah goes out of its way to use proper terminology, and therefore, here also, we'd rather use a yima'at, even though it might lead to a mistake, since it's only with Rabbanan, better. So that's the second way. Now, fine. This is the third interpretation of this answer. Tosfot. Tosfot. 
Upsula mashma deoraita. Which means, just the terminologies themselves. The word pisula is a terminology that's interpreted pisula deoraita. The word yima'et, however, is mashma, that it's a, a rabbinic. Which is the words themselves are rabbinic language and Torah language. So they were by the sukkah, he used pesula, and by the, by the mavui, um, uh, he used yima'et. Now, Tosfot asks the question. Oh. which we know is the Rabbanan says in the Brayta over there if you put the Ner Hanukkah above 20 it's Pesula Kesukah Bekamabui it's Pesukah just like a Sukkah and a Mabui hold it Ner Hanukkah is the Rabbanan why should the Brayta over there use Lashon Pesula that was what says Agav Ditnan Kesukah Nakatna Megaben Ner Hanukkah Pesula so since one of the cases that it compares it to is a sukkah, meaning Ner Hanukkah is pisula kisukkah, so we use the word pisula because we're mentioning the word sukkah. So once we're mentioning sukkah, we throw the word pisula in there. So therefore, that's why Tosavot answers that question. What do you want to say over there? Ner Hanukkah shinichale Lower it. Can't, can't lower it, that's a wrong halakha. Because according to uh, the Gemara over there, we have an opinion that says what? Hadlaka ose mitzvah. Which means the lighting is the mitzvah. Meaning you have to light it in the proper place. Now if you lit the menorah over 20 amah, just lowering it is not going to help you. You actually have to blow it out, lower it, and relight it again. Hence the word yima'it would not work. In that case of it, the Tosfot answers two reasons why by Hanukkah the word Pesula was used. Number one, because it's comparing it to a Sukkah. In Sukkah, the terminology Pesula is legitimate. And number two, by Ner Hanukkah, it's the wrong halakha. You, you, you can't lower it. You have to lower it out, lower it, and relight it again. So that's the uh, Tosafot. Now, look at the second answer of the Gemara. The Iba'et Ema. Right? Gemara gives the next second answer why by Sukkot says Pesula and why by Mavui it says Yema'it I can really tell you even by the Torah cases you can use the word Yema'it Mihu Sukkot by Sukkot and we're going to add from the Masurat Tashat Dinifishin Mile that there are many laws Pasik Vetane Pesula the Mishnah very uh, quickly and shortly stated Pesula Mavui delona fishmile, but my Mavui where there's not a lot of laws Tani takanta. It just says Yimayet, which means like this: We have a rule. The Tanaim always want to state their laws in the shortest possible way. The Gemara Pesachim said Leolam Yishane Adam. You should always teach in the shortest possible way. Why? So the student can remember it. You have to remember that this was Torah Shema'al over here. So they didn't want to be so verbose, lest the uh, student forget. So now, if you're going to quote our Mishnah and say, Or now you're starting already with how you're solving the problems. 
Once already you're discussing how to solve the problems, you open yourself up to solve all the other problems in the Mishnah. So now you have to write. And a sukkah that's less than ten tefahim, you have to raise it. And a sukkah that doesn't have um, three walls, you got to add a wall. And if a sukkah has hamatam and ramasulata, you have to add schach. So therefore the Mishnah doesn't want to get involved now in, in solving with extra words each problem the Mishnah states. So the Mishnah says conclusively, it's Mishnah, period. It's the shortest way we could say it. But by Mavui in that Mishnah, that's the only law that's said over there. So therefore, to add the word Yema'ed, it's not going to affect us now to have to add other halakhot. So therefore, for brevity, the Mishnah chooses the word Bisula, where we don't have to worry about that by the case of Mavui. Let's read Rashi now. It has a lot of laws in this Mishnah. The end don't mean to cannot The way you fix this problem is not the way you fix the other problem. You're going to have to write a separate language for each fixing. Okay, go on. When it's high, you might. You have to hire it. Means by saying pesulai, you got all the halachot of him. You can use all the cases of the Mishnah pesulai in one word. Because we learned the pesulai is supposed to teach a student in the shortest way possible. Fine. Now let's do the first tosafot. My shena gabesuka de tani pesula or my shena. Later on in this Masirka, we're going to learn the laws of Hadas. Right? And then you have to take on the Sukkot, the Hadasim. And what does it say over there? It says, Oshayu Let's say you have a Hadas that has berries on it. Sometimes it grows berries on the Hadas. So it says, if there's more berries than leaves, Pasul. So it's pasul. kasher. But if you took the berries off, it's kasher. Delo parich. Which means, how come you didn't ask over there? Oh, how come you didn't just say pesula? How come by hadas, which is a Torah law, how come over there you told me uh, the tikkun? Meaning it's pasul. But what? If you take them off, it's okay. Delo parich ela misuka umavui shedinam shaveh le'anyan gavoa so that's what explains the question over here. The question is not necessarily why you offered a solution to the problem. No, it says, uh, take off the berries, it's kasher. That's not the problem. The problem is, by two similar laws, you changed your style. Mavui and suka are the similar law. 20 amai is pasul. So therefore, in one case you said pasula, and in another case you said yamaret. Now I'm not worried by hadas, which is a, a different law. You can use whatever language you want. You want to say it's pasul, take off the marriage, you But by similar laws like mavui and sukkah, gavawa, esimamah, pesula, one case you say pesula, one case you say it, that already is the Gemara's question. Tosfot continues, ve'od, gabe hadas, estarik limitni takada. By the hadas, it had to say that you could fix it. Why? Tesal kadada chamina, kevan digidulo bipsul tulete takada. Because I would have thought maybe by the Hadas case, if it has more berries than leaves, it's not kashir, and it's not fixable. Why? 
Because since it grew bepisul, maybe you can't fix it. And therefore, over there, you had to tell me even such a case that grew bepisul, it's fixable. Therefore, the word yemahit is justified by the case of hadas. Now the Gemara goes and is going to explain to us the source. How do you know that a sukkah above 20 amma is indeed pisula? Why should that be? So the Gemara is going to offer, at least on the Amud Rishon, three different interpretations. And the Gemara begins. We're looking for a biblical source for the rule of Lema'ala Mechaf Amma. Amar Rabah, said, the Amar Kira, we have a Pasuk. Lema'an Yid'u Dorotechem, Ki Basukot Hoshafti Et Bnei Yisrael. The Pasuk says, and it's Pshat, that Am Yisrael has to know for the generations what I did for them in the Midbar. That when they came out of Egypt, there was Ananik Kavod, there were clouds of glory, and it surrounded them in the Midbar. That's the simple explanation. However, Rabah comes along and makes a dirash on this Pasuk. It says, You have to know, You have to know that you're sitting in a sukkah. New, new concept. When you're sitting in your sukkah, you got to know it. How do you know it? The sukkahs up to 20 amma, you know you're sitting in sukkah. Above 20, he doesn't know he's sitting in the sukkah. Why not? Because his eyes do not follow up to see the schach. The schach is too high. Yeah, what's a sukkah? The sukkah is schach. Right? Whenever you see sukkah, it refers to the schach. That's the main part of sukkah. So how do you know you're sitting in a sukkah? You know, when sitting in it, uh, the skak is uh, low enough where you're always cognizant that you're under the uh, roof of a sukkah, the skak. If it's too high above you, so therefore you're not going to know. Now, it, granted, you, you can go like this and stick your head up and look all the way up, but that's not the normal way that you sit. And therefore, it, it's, it's a problem from the Torah, because it's not considered lemaran yid'u. That's she. Lemaran yid'u. Ase sukkah. Make a sukkah. That it's sitting in it is noticeable to you. I'm sorry, That's the way he's making the derasha. Even though that's not the pshat. What is the pshat of the pasuk? The pshat is the kavod. makes the Which is the word sukkah. Where does the word sukkah come from? Schach. Schach under the roof. So you got to know you're sitting in the roof. So that's the first source. So according to this, is minat Torah. Have a pasuk minat Torah. Comes the next rabbi, the Bizera. Bizera comes along and says, Amar Mecha, we have a Pasuk in Yeshaya. The Sukkah Yelitzel Yomam Mechorev. That the Sukkah is actually referring to uh, the Sukkot that they're going to have in the times of Mashiach. When Mashiach comes, this is going to be a Sukkah. And the Jewish people are going to be protected in the Sukkah. But it says the sukkah is going to be a protection, letzel, right, for shade, 
your mom in the day, mechoreh from the sun. So ad islim amma adam yoshev besil sukkah. Until 20 amma, the shade of the sukkah is coming from where? The schach. The ma'alam islim amma. En adam yoshev besil sukkah, ela besil defanot. If the walls are already too high, so the schach is not providing the shade anymore. Now the schach, now the walls are providing the shade. Now again, since the ikar of the schach is the schach, means and sukkah meaning the schach has to provide shade. So in a very tall sukkah, the schach is not providing the shade. So Amalei Abayeh, so Abayeh comes along and says, "Ela me'ata kotris reasoning." How says sukkato ba'asterot kavnayim? A guy builds a regular normal sukkah in between two mountains. Because bottom line, the shade is coming from the mountains. It's not coming from the tzach. Now he builds it in the valley between two mountains. You're going to tell me that it's pasul? It says, what kind of comparison is that? There, take away the mountains, your sukkah kashir. Meaning the sukkah is kashir. You've got a technical problem because you built it between two mountains. But the sukkah intrinsically is kashir. But here, dal defanot ne sukkah. Here, in the case of the tall walls, take away the walls, the the uh, the schach is not going to provide shade, which means the shade is going to be outside from the sukkah. It's going to be away from the sukkah. Under the schach is going to be sun. So therefore, you see that there's a big difference. One, the sukkah intrinsically is kashir. That's a couple of mountains. Get, get, get rid of the mountains. The schach itself can't provide shade. In this case over here, get rid of these tall walls, this chak does not provide shade. The sun comes down, it's going to provide a shadow beyond the schak itself. The schak itself is not going to provide. Now the Ritba over here asks a very strong question. He says, what do you mean? When the sun is overhead at midday at 12 o'clock, the schak is going to provide shade. Which is the only time it's not going to provide shade is when, when it's in the east, when it's in the west, when the walls are providing. But isn't it part of the day, midday? So ah, it's providing. So to that, the answer is a very novel answer and says, you have to remember that the sun has a certain rotation, different types of year. The rotation of the sun in Tishri is never overhead. And therefore, you never have a case. So therefore, it'll never have an issue with the schach itself is providing the schach, is providing the shade. So that is the second answer. That's the bizarre. Now we go to the third answer. The Ravamar Mehacha. Ravah comes along and says from here. Basukoteshvu Shivat Yamim. Torah says you sit in the sukkah for seven days. Amra Torah, the Torah says. Kol shivrat yamim. All seven days, tse midirat keva. You have to leave your permanent uh, abode. Veshev midirat aray. You have to sit in a temporary uh, dwelling. So the Gemara says, Ad Islim amma. Until twenty amma, Adam ose dirato dirat aray. In construction, you could build temporary. Up until twenty, but above twenty, Adam keva. Once already getting high above twenty, you have to build it with a certain permanency, and therefore it's not considered dirat arai anymore. So again, the law of of of, of, of Rava is like this: it's got to be a sukkah seven days. What is the seven days? It's temporary. So in construction, 
up to 20, you don't need a foundation, you don't need to have a, you know, a solid uh, 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 base. It can stand even in a temporary situation. It's didat aray. Once you're going above 20, you're going to have to put a foundation, it's going to have to make it solid. So that's how he knows the 20. So that's the Gemara asks the question, According to you, Rava, According to you, you built it less than 20. But you built it with iron walls. So you're going to tell me it's going to be Pasul? Which is, you tell me you can't build it uh, Keva. Here you're building it Keva. So he says, no. This is what I meant. Until 20, that it's possible to build uh, temporary, even if you built it permanently, it's okay. Because the shi'ur is a temporary shi'ur. Meaning what I meant, I didn't mean, I'm not talking about raw materials. Build whatever you want. You can build your sukkah from cement. You can build your sukkah from bricks. When I said, Arai, I mean the shi'ur, the height has to be a height that can be temporary. Now, once you have the temporary height, build whatever you want. However, but above 20 because there you have to build it uh, with a you know, uh, uh, permanent even if you would build it temporarily it's not good which means what he's really saying is a big medusha over here what Rav is saying is when the Torah says it's really a quasi Dirat Aray doesn't mean it has to be made of materials that are Aray. You don't have to build it out of straw and hay. You can build it from the strongest materials. It's a Dirat Keva that has the Shi'ur of Aray. And what's the Shi'ur of Aray? Less than 20 Amah. So let's review quickly all the three interpretations. We have Rabah, Ravizera, and Rabah. Rabah's first interpretation is what? Leman yidru. You gotta know you're sitting in a sukkah. Above 20 amma, you don't even know you're sitting in a sukkah. It's too high, you don't recognize the schach. Rabbi Zerah comes along and says, no. His logic is what? That it's sukkah tiyelitzel. The sukkah's gotta provide the shade. The schach's gotta provide the shade. High walls, you're not getting your shade from the schach, you're getting it from the walls. Rava's interpretation, Arai. More than 20, it's Keva. Less than 20 is Arai. Now let's do the Tosafot for a second. Tosafot, the third Tosafot on the Daf. Amar Rabah, Amar Kira, Lema'an Yid'u. The Tosafot's question is going to be like this. We learned in Masechet Erubin, an opinion of Rabah. Rabbi says that what? If you have a sukkah that is above 20, but part is within 20. You have the sukkah, you have thick sukkah. Okay? The sukkah can start below 20, but you pile on sukkah, it can go above 20. So Rabbi says in my second erubin that such a sukkah is pisula. That's what the is. Why should it be pisula? If your whole logic is right? I look up, I'm inside the sukkah, bottom line, I see that the schach starts below 20, the kaurat should be kashir. And the same Nabah himself said, but by irubin it'd be okay. 
Meaning if you're mavui, your cross beam is a thick cross beam, that part of it is below 20, right? And part of it is above 20, it's kasher. Uh, so what's the logic? So Tosfot's going to answer like this. Tosfot says that there's a difference between a mavui and a sukkah. Why? Sukkah can be made for an individual. Right? They have an individual guy sitting in a sukkah. Whereas mavui is made for the rabbim. What's the concern of rabbah? You're right. Technically, if it's part of it's lower than 20, it should be kasher. But what are you worried? Let's say some of that schach dwindles. You're going to end up having now a sukkah pesula. Because now your schach is only above 20. Means the schach that's within 20, you could fall, you could lose part of that schach. Yeah, that's possible. Then what's going to end up happening? You're not going to realize, because by the way, you're sitting in shade, you're sitting in a sukkah, and since you're a yahid, there's nobody to remind you. And therefore, he's mahmid in that case over there. Because by a yahid, you can make a mistake. But by a mavui, if the beam, let's say, dwindles, now all you have left is the beam that's above 20, somebody's going to notice it. Because you have traffic, you have people going in and out of the mavui. So that's why Rabbah says over there in Enubin, that if part of the skat is within, it's pasul. Even though it's, yeah, you know. But since there's a gezerah that it can dwindle, and you might not be cognizant of it because you're only a yahid, nobody's going to remind you, therefore it's pasul. Now shake it by the erubin itself, since there's traffic, somebody's going to notice it if it dwindled, and therefore he says it'll be kasher. In the last Tosfot on the daf, Tosfot analyzes the last opinion of Rava. Rava goes with the inyan of what? Tirat aray, dirat keva. Right? He says you can make it out of sturdy materials, but it's got to be less than 20. Now, the Tosafot has a question. It started from the ve'im tomar. It's like five lines down. Ve'im tomar. Ve'chevan de lo hayshinan ela sheter re'uya la'asota aray. And the main concern is what? You make it aray. Even though you're making it keva, meaning it's sturdy materials in a aray shi'ur. In Ken, Amai Amar, why does the Gemara say in Ta'anit, Geshamim Siman Kelala Behag, that if it rains on Sukkot, it's considered a Siman Kelala. The simple explanation is you built a Sukkah, you're all excited, you're prepared, and all of a sudden God kicks you out of the Sukkah, you know, it rains. Siman Kelala. So Tosfot says, Va'alo Yacholik Pawa Anisarim Bimasmirim, Shiloyer Du Geshamim Basukah. You just said you could build it from sturdy uh, material. Build a schach out of boards with nails and make a solid roof. Which is, isn't the Gemara saying, the structure doesn't have to be flimsy. The shiur has to be flimsy. So therefore, what do you tell me? Why should you have to have rain in your sukkah? Build it, uh, build it solid. Yeah, that's what's question. Then Tosfot goes even further. And maybe he'll tell me, you know, you know what, you know why you can't build your schach so sturdy? Why? Because we're worried if you're going to build such a sturdy sukkah, you might end up sitting in your house. A guy might say, hey, what's the difference? This is my roof. Right? 
וביתו ודאי פסול בדאורייתא. זה סוכר ואנחנו לא ביתו, שכבוד השנה. מכל מקום, יש לו question. כיוון דלא אסור ללמד רבנן, שאני רואה תמיד זה אסור ללמד רבנן, to build a solid roof. לא שקר למה שגשים סימן קללה. You can't say that rain is a סימן קללה. Meaning, what do you mean? מן התורה, לסוכר כשרה. Right? Which means, I could build solid uh, the walls on top of the sukkah, roof and all that. Why is Tosfot saying you might not be able to do it? Because you might end up sitting in your house. You might not make the difference. So therefore, a guy's got to put, let's say, bamboos. Okay, so now it's raining. Okay, so it's raining in the sukkah. So they give up, siman kelala. Why should it be siman kelala? When you really, this is, I only built this. I could have blocked out the rain. So therefore, you're not going to call the siman kilala if minat Torah, it would have been kasher. Minat Torah, I could have blocked out this rain. So therefore, Tosfot is asking a basic question. Why, first of all, why can't you build a solid roof, according to this Gemara? And even if you're telling me you can't, but minat Torah you can, therefore even if it rains a lot, it shouldn't be considered a siman kilala. Now Tosfot is a very important hadush. Yes, Tomar. Right, but we say you can build a sturdy structure, it's by the walls. When it comes to the schach, oh, very important. Schach has to be aray. You could build iron walls, you could build it from cement, you could use one of the walls of your house for a sukkah. But when it comes to schach, schach, peru sukkah, schach is alai. Then he proves it. If you remember the Bizeraz Pasuk, he bought the Pasuk of Yeshaya. That sukkah has to provide shade. Well, if you pay attention to the end of that Pasuk that he quoted, the end of that Pasuk says, the Edra Pasuk says, and the Sukkah should protect you also from Zerim, from streams of rain. How come they didn't quote that part of the Pasuk and tell you why that the Sukkah has to be so thick that rain cannot enter it? Which means that's why he didn't quote the end of the Pasuk. Because really your Sukkah has to be able that rain falls in. So therefore, therefore you're not allowed to build a solid Sukkah. That's why he didn't quote the end of the Pasuk over there. Because your Sukkah has to, it can't be rainproof. It has to be able that the rain falls through. So that's the Shita of the Tosafot. Now the Gemara comes along and says, Kulehu lo amre. Now we're going to start to compare the different opinions. The first opinion we said was what? Rabbah. Rabbah's derash was what? Leman yid'u dorotechem. You got to know you're sitting in a sukkah. All the other rabbis, meaning Rabbi Zerad, Rabbah, Kulihu, all of those rabbis, they don't go with Rabbah. You know why? Ha'u yidi'ale doroti. Because the literal pshat in the pasuk is not that you have to know you're sitting in a sukkah. It's the generations have to know that in the Midbar we were surrounded by Aranei Kavod. So they don't go for this uh, dirash over here taking the pasuk out of context. So that's why they didn't go with that Leman Yidu. They also didn't go like Rabbi Zirah. What is Rabbi Zirah's proof? From the pasuk in Yeshaya when Mashiach comes. That the schach has to provide the shade. How come the rabbis don't go for that? 
for the simple reason. Ha'ahuni what the Mashiach would dictate. Because that pasuk is not talking about sukkah, it's talking about when Mashiach comes. It's not a, it's not a halakha for today. Oh, for the Bizera. Well, what does the Bizera do with that question? That's a good question. How does he take a pasuk that's talking about the Messianic era and learn a halakha for sukkah? Imken lemakra vehupati yelitzel yomah. If the Pasuk wanted to talk about a structure that's going to be built in times of Mashiach that's going to provide shade, the Pasuk could use the Lashon, Chupa, and there's a canopy that's going to be built. Why did the Pasuk call a structure that provides shade, albeit in the times of the Mashiach, but why did it call it a Sukkah? You learn two things. Number one, when Mashiach comes, they're going to build these type of huts. But number two, that's a sukkah. So Torah uses the Lashon Sukkah Tzel. It means that that's not a sukkah. Sukkah's got to provide shade from the skak itself. Now, the Taptos fought. Let me just ask the question. We said, the reason why they don't follow... Rabbah, and the first Muslim you do, because of the uh, question. Right? Then we brought Rabbi Zira. We said the reason why they don't go like Rabbi Zira is because I'll say that uh, that Pasuk is referring to Mashiach. Right? Now, in the next line of the Gemara, the Gemara says like this. Let's read further in the Gemara, and then we'll understand this first question. Like Rava, who is Rava? Dirat Arai. Right? The structure has to be a shiur of Arai. But again, Rava is a little tricky because it could be permanent with the Arai measure. You know why the rabbis don't go with that? Because of Abaye's question. What was Abaye's question? Abaye's question was oh, according to you, put the solid, uh, solid steel walls, iron walls. So therefore they don't go with that opinion. So the Tosafot just asks, what do you mean? When it came, to look at Tosafot. Had the look at Mishum Kushad Abaye, Kedekamar al Rava, Mishum de Rabbi Zera, Shani la Abaye, Shapir. Which means when it came to Rabbi Zera, didn't they ask a question on Rabbi Zera? What's the question they asked on Rabbi Zera above? Rabbi Zera said, you got to have the Shach from the Shach. They said, oh, according to you, if you put a Sukkah between two mountains, right? Abaye asked on that. Right. So how come the Gemara didn't say, you know why they don't want to call it like Rabbi Zerah? Because Mishum Kushad Abaye. Just like Abaye asked over there. When it came to Rabbah, they said, you know why we don't go like Rabbah with the Kebab business? Because of the Kushad Abaye. By the Bizarra, they should have said Mishum Kushad Abaye. So Tosfot says no, because really, they answered that question good. And they answered Abaye by the case of the mountains. That's really not a question. Because really over there, take away the mountains, that's Kishira. That's not a question, Abaye. But his question by Rabbah is a very good question. Because what was this question by Rava? Listen, you tell me the Pasuk says temporary. But then you're saying it's a temporary, but it's not temporary. Eh, come on, that's already a Doha. If it's temporary, it's got to be temporary. And now you're telling me, no, it can be permanent with a temporary. So that's a strong question. So that's why the Rabbis will not go like that opinion. So therefore, each opinion that comes out according to the government is really exclusive. Because they each had problems with the other shot. Now the Gemara says, Keman Azla. Who is the following statement going like? Had Amar Rabbi Yoshia Amar Rav. Rabbi Yoshia quoted Rav. And what did he say? Mahloket Beshe'en Defanot Magi'ot Laschach. 
אבל בפנות מגיעות לסכך אפילו למעלה מעשרים אמה כשרה. בחידוש. רבי יושיעה says like this. This whole מחלוקת we have between חכמים and רבי יהודה above 20 is כשר, פסול. It's only said in a case where the walls don't reach the סכך. But if the walls reach the סכך, everybody agrees, even if it's more than 20 אמה, It's okay. What does it mean walls don't reach the schach? So just so you can get a picture of it, look at number 8. Now you see you have your schach over here on top. The walls don't reach the top. So in that case, that's what they're arguing. Over 20, Rabbi Yudah says, Kasher, Achim Zek Pasul. But if the walls reach the schach, it doesn't matter how high. Now, on the three opinions that we just quoted in the logic, Who can this statement of Rabbi Yoshiyah be going like? So the Gemara says, Keman, Kerabah. Must be going like the first opinion. Rabah, Te'aman mishum delo shilta ba'ina. His own logic is because your eyes don't follow up the walls to the schach. The Keman, the different magiot to the schach, Mishrat shilta ba'ina. When the walls reach the schach, you will follow it up. Your eyes will follow. When you're going to the Rabah, you have to know you're sitting in the sukkah. When the walls end midway, So that's it, you look, you look up to the end of the wall. Whereas, if the walls reach the side, I don't care if it's a hundred amah high. Bottom line, the normal way is when a guy's sitting, he just you know, follows the walls up. And since the walls go all the way up to the schach, therefore even according to hakamim above 20 is going to be kasher. So that's the first interpretation over here of how to learn the mahlokit now. That it's only in a sukkah that the walls don't reach. But if it reaches, it's kasher. Now, why can't it be like the other opinions? Well, the other opinions are going to say that it doesn't matter. Once it's 20 amaha, your sale is not coming from the schach. I don't care walls reaching, not reaching. That's not a factor. And the, second, the third opinion of that is temporary height. Which means once already it's more than 20, okay, the walls reach or not, bottom line is not a temporary height. So therefore it cannot be going like those opinions. So the Yoshia Amarav can only be going like Rabah, the first opinion. Now we have another way of learning the Mahloket. Keman Azla. Let's just do the second Tosfot for a second. Vekeva de defanot magiot naschach mishlash shalta ba'ena velodami lener Hanukkah vekorat mavui delo hashi vekele mala me'atrim afapisha kora al gabe ketalim You can ask me a question. By the mavui case, for example. The walls on the mavui go all the way up. Right? And you put the cross beam on top. If it's above 20, we say it's pisula. You have to lower it. Why? According to this, if the walls go all the way up, the Chaurat should be Kashir, just like you tell me the walls go all the way up, and the Shach is on top. So Tosfot says, now there's a difference. There your Chaurat, how wide is your Chaurat? It's only a Tefach. Wide. It's very narrow. And therefore, when it's so high, even though your eyes will follow up, but since you, what are you looking at? You're looking at a very narrow item, you're not going to notice it. Mashi'ik in a sukkah, sukkah's out of a certain width. Therefore, if it's reaching the skach, you'll, you'll, you'll follow it. That's the difference between why it's, according to your Shia at least. If the walls reach, it's kasher. Mashi'ik, if the walls reach by a mavui, it will not be kasher. Because of the difference in width. Yemarak continues. Keman azla hadamaravuna amarav. Who is this going like? What Ravuna said in the name of Rav. Now right away we have obviously a different report in the name of Rav. Because Rav Yosiyah was quoting Rav. Now we have Ravuna 
quoting Rav. So you have two different Amoraim in what they heard from Rav. What did he say? Mahloket b'she'en ba'ela arba amot al arba amot. The whole mahloket above 20, that's only talking about if the sukkah itself does not have a minimum shi'ur of area for amot by four amot. But if it has an area of four amot or four amot by or more, even more than 20 amot is keshera. Who can this be going like? The Kemal says, Keman, can it be zera? The Amar Mishum Tzel, who? The Keman Dervicha, since it's wide, Ikasel Sukkah, which means... Rabbi Zerah's whole logic was you kind of have the sukkah provide the sail coming from the schach. When are you not going to have sail coming from the schach when the sukkah is narrow? So the walls are going to give you this, this sail, but the schach is not going to provide. But if it's wide, so now already your schach is wide now, so therefore it's going to provide the shade. So that, which means in, in Rabbah, width is not going to affect whether your eyes follow up the Walls or not. According to Ravad, temporary, if it's over 20, it's not temporary, I don't care if it's wide or not. So according to this interpretation, he's telling you the whole mahloket between the Biudan HaChemim is talking about it's less than 4 Amot. But more than 4 Amot, it can even be more than 20. Now here's your question. It's Tosfot's question. Tosfot, Tiburim Atqil, Yeshba Yotim Arba Amot. Tosfot asks the question like this. According to this Gemara, if it's more than 4 Amot, it can be above 20. Now what does that mean? A thousand? Or do you say that it has to be in ratio? Because again, we're trying to get the schach to provide the shade. And therefore, we're giving you a ratio. Four amot, 20. Five amot, well, go in ratio. And however many more, five amot more. But you can't go now, four and a half amot, make a sukkah, two thousand amot high. So when the Gemara's language is It's in ratio That's what Tosfot says But then Tosfot says another answer Based on what we just learned in Masechet Yoma Tosfot says like this We learned in Masechet Yoma What's the shi'ur That a person uh, Is hayab if he eats on Yom Kippur Right? So the Gemara said, even Og Melech Bashan, a big giant guy like Og Melech, he's a Kotevet. Gemara said, yes. Because even he will be satiated to an extent. Yeah, other people more, but there's a certain amount of satiation. So Tosfot says, yeah, once you have four amot plus in area, I don't care how high the sukkah is, the schach is going to provide shade. But maybe a little less, but it's going to provide a certain amount of shade. So therefore you don't go a ratio. So those are two answers to the Tosfot. Let's read it inside. Look at Tosfot. Let's just look at the answer. Right? Ratio. Four to twenty. Iname, Kim Banan, Tafilu Begoba Elif, Ifshar, You're gonna get some schach. It's satiates. Or it gives you peace of mind. Everybody will get a lot of peace of mind. Everybody will get a little, but he's going to get peace of mind nonetheless. 
Okay, now the Gemara continues. So that's the way Ravuna. Keman Again, we have a third interpretation of what Rav said. This is from Rav Hanan. Mahloket. This whole Mahloket is what? Beshe'ena mahazeket ela kederu rosho virubo vishokhano. The whole Mahloket over here is what? Where the sukkah cannot fit. It's a tiny sukkah. It cannot fit only rosho, the guy's head, rubo, and the majority of his body, and his table. A very tiny sukkah. If you want to see what type of sukkah we're talking about, it would be over here. Yeah. See, a, a little sukkah, where you got rosho, right, picture number 10. Rosho virubo, the majority of his body is in the sukkah. And he's got his little uh, table over there, a tefah. That's the sukkah that they're arguing on, above 20, less than 20. However, aval, ma'zeket, yotem mikdir roshov rebobu shulchano, if it can fit more than his majority and his table and all that, afilu lemala mesim amma keshera. Even above 20, it's keshera. So the Gemara says, keman delo kehad. This is not going like anybody. Because it's definitely not going like the first opinion. Because bottom line, if it's more than 20 amma, so I don't care if it fits more than your body and all that. If you can't see the skak, you can't see the skak. It's not levan you too. Also, it's also, the sale is not coming from the skak. So it cannot be going like Rabbi Zina. And furthermore, according to above 20, it's not considered aray anymore. It's a shiur of keva. So the word of Hanan, this is the fourth opinion now. Now what's the logic over here? What's the logic? How a sukkah can be kashir? And such a narrow shiur, meaning it's just fitting his his minimum, his body and his table, a little more, which technically the shiur is seven tefahim. That's the shiur that Hamim says. Seven tefahim in a mashu. That's already the shiur we're talking. What's the logic? It's a very narrow sukkah. So Tosfot gives the logic over here. Tosfot says, Keman de lo kehad. Rav Hanan bar Rava. I've got to explain his logic here. Which means, what, what was he explaining? You don't have the shi'ud. It's above 20. You don't have skach providing uh, shade over here. You don't know you're sitting, you don't have any of the, of the, the qualifications there of Hanan. What are you saying? This is like When it's so narrow and so high, it's considered like a chicken coop. Keban vikitina. It's so tall and so narrow, and you can't breathe. There's no air. Once already, he can fit more than his uh, body, his head, the majority. It's not a lul. Once it's not a lul, when we say a sukkah, it can't be a lul. Once you got out of the status of a lul, it's wide enough on the bottom, minimally, already it's kashir. So that's the fourth opinion. Comes the Gemara and says now, Bishlama de Rabbi Yoshia. We understand Rabbi Yoshia. And what was Rabbi Yoshia? He said, Mahlok Peshe'en Defanot Magiot Paschach. He wrote the Mahlok where the walls do not reach the Schach. Peliga Ad Ravuna Verav Hanan Baraba. He for sure is arguing on the second two rabbis. Rav Huna and Rav Hanan. Why? Te'inu Kayaev Shoda Bimaschach. They gave a minimum measurement in the 
area of the sukkah. Which means one rabbi gave for Amot, one rabbi gave Rosho Verubo, but bottom line, they discussed area. He never discussed area of so for sure, Rabbi Yoshia is arguing on the other two rabbis. Because he did not discuss the area. He discussed walls reaching, walls not reaching. What? However, Ela, Ravunav, Ravhanan, Barrava. Those two rabbis, the second two rabbis. Let us say that, you know what their argument over here is? Their argument is as follows. What's considered the minimum area of a sukkah for it to be kashir? And how will we say? The first rabbi meaning Ravuna, will say, minimum sukkah has got to be four amot by four amot. And we can explain like this. Forget about above 20. The reason why they said their shi'ur, that the mahlokah can only be either where it's four amot, or it holds more than the is because less than that, it's a pasul sukkah. Because they don't have the area. Understand? Which means, could be they were giving that shi'ur, not because of shade, and all that other stuff that we talked about. Could be the reason why they discussed that area, meaning the mahlokan of above 20 is only by four amot. That's what Afuna said. Why did he pick four amot? Because you need a kashay sukkah. If you don't have the area of four amot, finished. You don't have minimum shi'ur. And the other Rabbi of Hanan, when he came along and said, the Mahlokan above 20 is a Kashura, that's only if you have Mahzik and Roshov, Rubov, that's because less than that, it's Pasul, everybody could have the minimum. That's one way of learning. The Gebra says, no, 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 no. Everybody holds. For Sukkah to be Kashura, the minimum amount is to fit your head, your majority, and your table. There's no argument. Everybody reads that's the minimum sukkah. Also, what's the subject over here then? The akka, the akka, You know what the argument is? Temor sabab ma'azeket rosho verbo v'shulchano peligi. Abal yoter merosho verbo v'shulchano devra kol kishera. Umor sabal merosho verbo v'shulchano adalad amot peligi. Abal yoter medalad amot devra kol kishera. The machlokan over here is, for sure, if you have a regular sukkah less than 20, Ditch your majority of your, your body and your head with a table, everybody says that's kashir. No argument. So what are we discussing here? We're discussing a sukkah that's above 20. So one rabbi will say that if it's above 20, so then already we have a machloket rabbi Huda and hachamim. Right? So the first rabbi will tell you what? That it's only going to be kashir. You can only say a sukkah that above 20 has a possibility to be kashir. Why? Because you need the, the, the minimum, at least if it's rosho verubo, v'shulchano. Rav Huna will tell you, no, 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 no. To say it's kashir above 20, it's got to be at least for amot. Again, less than 20, everybody agrees the sukkah can have rosho verubo, v'shulchano. You got your minimum area, you got your height is okay. This is not a shayla. They're just discussing if you're above 20, then already one rabbi is going to say that even the Rabbi Uda that was makshir above 20, 
It's only talking where you had for Amot. Then you need for Amot because of the shade and all that stuff. And the other one will say, no. Even uh, above 20, according to the Biyuda, it's enough to have the minimum Shi'ur. But if you have less than 20, everybody agrees the minimum Sukkah is? Roshor, Ubo, Vishulchano. Comes the Gibran continues. Metive. The Gibran brings a question Good, Sukkah above 20, it's Pesulah, Rebuda says Kashir. Ad Arba'im Bahamishim Amma. Rebuda says, can be very high, 40, 50, doesn't matter. Amar Rebuda. Rebuda tells a story now. There was a certain queen, she was called Hilni. She was a Giyoret, she was a convert, Sadeket. She sat in the sukkah above 20. Right? The rabbis would visit her. They would go in and out. No one told anything. So the Buddha says, see, I'm right. Above 20 is Keshira. You see, the queen was sitting in the sukkah above 20. The rabbis visited her. And nobody told her anything. Amrudo. So they tell the Behuda, Misham Raya, oh, you bring it a Raya? Isha Aita. She's a lady. She's Petura from Sukkah. Of course the rabbis didn't tell her anything. She's not Ayyam. Nice proof. You bring a proof from a lady and sign a Sukkah above 20? The Behuda says, hey, not so fast. Amar Lahen, Vahalo Shiva Banim Avula. Wait, you forgot she had seven sons. Ve'od, and you also forgot, Kol Maaseh Alo Asta Ela Apihachamim. You have to know that Hilni. She followed all the enactments of the rabbis. So the Gemara asks, what's, what's that air on? And you should know, she had seven children, and you should also know, she followed all the dictums of the rabbis. So when was that throwing uh, over there? So the Gemara says, This is what Rabbi Yudah was telling the rabbis. Maybe they'll answer that, all our kids, they're the babies, they're the patronos of the sukkah. Well, Kevan the Shivra Havu, since she had seven, Iyevshad the Havu Buhad Chenos Rikh Leimo, that one of them has to be only seven years old, which means it had to reach the age of Hinuch. What's the age of Hinuch? When a child does not need his mother anymore, that the child, you know, can sit alone without, you know, running inside for its mother, that's already considered Hinuch. Now, does a child of seven years old have to sit in the sukkah? What Midrabanan they do? Well, I call the Mitzvah Hinuch. So maybe you'll tell me that what? Katan that reaches the age, he's only Hayam Midrabanan, Vihu Midrabanan, no Mashkacha, and she wasn't careful in the rabbinical laws. That's why you had to tell me the extra reason you should know she followed all the laws of the Hakamim. Therefore, the Buddha sang it, the rabbi sang it. The rabbi's visitor didn't say anything. And don't tell me a lady, because she had seven children. And therefore, for sure, one of them at least was obligated Hinuch. And don't tell me oh, she didn't follow uh, the rabbinical laws. You know, she didn't. Uh, she didn't. No, 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 no. They all call Whatever she did was all Achamim. So now uh, it's the question. That means the children, at least the child that was uh, obligated, what was sitting uh, in the sukkah with her, and it was a sukkah that was above twenty amma. So the Bible says, well, you see, according to me, it's kashan. Not from her standpoint, from the fact that that child who reached age of Hanukkah was sitting in that, she followed the rabbinical laws. Now, 
rabbinic law the sukkah has to be kasher. You can't just fehinuk put the kid in a, you know a, 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 a fake sukkah. It's got to be a real sukkah. So according to me, that is a real sukkah. Now let's analyze it on ourselves for a second. According to the opinion of Rabbi Yoshiyah, Rabbi Yudas trying to bring a proof to himself. Right? What's the case according to Rabbi Yoshiyah that Rabbi Yudas said it's kasher? Where the walls don't reach the skach. Because if the walls reach the skach, everybody's in this kasher. What's the case that the Bihuda says? It's kasher. The Bihuda is the one that says kasher. What's the case where the walls do not reach the skach? If the walls reach the skach, even Hakamim say above 20 is kasher according to the Bihoshia. So you have to say that Hilmi's sukkah was a sukkah that its walls did not reach the skach. Right? That's why Rabbi Yudah was saying, look, I'm right. Uh, you see? Uh, now, is it normal for a queen to sit in the sukkah that the walls don't reach the sky? She was a queen. The Gemara is going to say, yeah, that's normal. Why? Ventilation. She wants air. So then the Gemara says, we start in the bottom now. We start three lines from the bottom. According to the opinion of Rabbi Yudah, it says the Mahlokim is when the, the walls don't reach the sky. Yeah, it's the derek for a queen to sit in the sukkah that the walls don't reach the sukkah. You know why? Mishum avira because of uh, ventilation. As he says on the top, ruach sheu sholet b'bnei achom. Very good. El aleman de amar b'sukkah ketana machloket. According to the opinion that said sukkah ketana, which means let's go according to either opinion here, either Rav Huna or Rav Hanan. They learned the Mahlok is either in a sukkah that's less than four amot, or according to Rav Hanan, it's even in a sukkah that's not the minimum, the minimum shiur. So you tell me that's the case. They went into Hilmi's sukkah, it was above 20, and she was sitting in a small, little, uh, tiny uh, compartment over there, less than four, less than no shorubov, so the Gemara says, in the Mahlok, the sukkah is not Mahlok, the Hidarkash of Makan is Shepherd Sukkah is not. Wait a minute, is that normal? You tell me what the, 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 the queen is sitting in a, uh, a tiny uh, sukkah. So, Amar Rabba Barabada, comes along and says, oh, she just tells you why it's not possible. Because as she says in the second line, She doesn't sit alone. She sits with her servants, her uh, aides, etc. So, it's in a big sukkah. So, Gabriel says, No, it's Ra'ela, the sukkah, Asuya. Kitoniyot, kitoniyot. We're talking about a sukkah that was made in compartments. Which means, she sat in a small little compartment, and you have all the other uh, aides or servants are sitting in other compartments. What do you mean, what do you mean it's talking about kitoniyot? Yeah, like a sukkah like this, like a picture number 11. Right? All boxes in the sukkah, compartments. Right? All of these are above 20 amma. So she sat in one, the servant sat in another one, and that's, uh, that's what it's talking about. Yeah, a small compartment, small, like we said, but she's sitting in one of these small compartments. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? Is that possible? Gemara says, Still, is that the normal way? Well, uh, a queen of Israel is going to sit now in a small little uh, uh, compartment over there, Sukkah, it's not the normal derech. So the Gemara says, Amar which means like this 
that she explains kitoniyot sheba means like this. When we look at picture number 12, and I'm quoting Rashi. There was a sukkah gedola. She sat in a small little compartment, but it opened up into a big sukkah. Okay? But first let's get the case first. Then you see she's sitting in a minimum size that can just fit her, let's say. Right? It's above 20. Rabbis came to visit her. Right? They didn't say anything. Oh, is it normal to sit in such a small little tiny sukkah? Yeah, because it's opened into a big sukkah. Now we have to explain the mahlokit over here. So the Gemara explains. Rabbanan Sabi, the rabbi said, Baneha b'sukkah me'al yavu the rabbi said, where was her son sitting? In the big sukkah. And she was sitting in the small sukkah. Because of modesty. And that's why the rabbis didn't tell her anything. Because she's a lady. She's petura. What about her boys? Her boys are in the big sukkah. The rabbi said, leave her alone. The rabbi said, Rabbi Yudah says, no, her boys were sitting with her in the small sukkah. And still they didn't tell her anything. So that's the understanding. Now comes Rashi over here and says, Let's analyze ourselves. If you want to tell me the sukkah was a small sukkah, if you tell me it's less than four amot, so I could say, okay, you could fit her and seven kids in that sukkah. But if you're going like Rav Hanan, that said the sukkah is a tiny sukkah, meaning it's seven tefahim by seven tefahim. That's a small sukkah that just fits you, the majority, and a little... How could you say her and seven children fit into the, fit into the sukkah? Again, according to Rav Hanan, what's the case? The case of Hanan said is talking about Bishenam Haskal Kedero Shovru Bobishohano. Minimum sukkah, it fits just Roshovru Bo himself, majority, and a little table. Now that's the case where Hilni was sitting. And the Buddha says her kids were sitting with her. How can I get you all in such a small quarter? So that she says this question. Bim Tomal and Hanan. Temuki Piluta Bishenam Haskal Kedero Shovru Bobishohano. You have to say it was the biggest sukkah. Once you say it's the biggest sukkah, even the rabbis would agree that it is kasher. If for the biyuda to bring it, he's got to show me a case where it's a small, tiny sukkah, right? And still the rabbi said, it's okay. So So she gives you a, a configuration here. The sukkah the sukkah was in the big sukkah. The shulchan, the table was in the big sukkah. Ubanea ala shulchana yuyoshvin, roshan veruban velokim subinim velokim skufin. So he explains it like this. You have to say, uh, they don't have a picture for this over here, but you can explain it like this. You have the table. She's sitting in the small sukkah. Okay, where I'm sitting, it's the small sukkah. In front of her, Imagine she has a table horizontal. Okay, horizontally in front of her in the big sukkah. Her children are sitting close to her in front of that table, leaning in with their heads. So therefore, you can fit, if you, if you set the table up like that, putting it in front, and they're sitting on the you know, side where she is, and they just lean over, the heads are in the sukkah, 
technically you could fit them all. Right? That's the way that she says. Then that she comes along and says, Velinir air says quite what I see. <laughs> for sure you can't answer the court of Hanan. Such a small sukkah, you're not fitting her and seven kids. This answer is only in Ravuna, meaning less than four amot. Right, less than four amot. Now already you have some leeway. And that's the uh, ikar. Very good. Then he says, you can't fit seven kids and seven tefahim. But comes the Tosfot on the top of his staff of it and says a phenomenal Hindush. I will conclude with this. Tosfot says, if you read it inside, Right? Tosfot brings that she's question. How can seven kids fit in seven tefahim a small sukkah? It's not a question. Tendilma aruka tuva. Avalo aitare haba ela shivat tefahim. Ubanea beota orichavuyatve. Tosfos is a big hadush. When we say seven by seven, we don't mean it has to be. We a small sukkah seven by seven tefahim. It's not seven by seven tefahim. Only one side has to be seven. The other side can be as long as it is. It can be seven by a hundred. It's still considered a small sukkah. Which is you thought. When we said 7 by 7, it's 7 by 7. Tosfot saying no. Only one side has to be 7. Just think about it. Even if it's 7 by 100, it's still considered I mean, it's a narrow sukkah, it's a small sukkah. And then we can say like this. It was 7 by 50. <laughs> Where were the kids sitting? On the 50. So then we have no problem. When you Rashi obviously argued on Tosfot, Rashi must have held on. When we say 7 by 7, it means 7 on both sides. So if it's 7 on both sides, you're not going to be able to... To fit the kids. That's what says no. It's a fantastic machlok and over here. On the minimum size of a sukkah, when you say seven by seven, does it have to be uh, seven by seven mamash, or is it seven only on one side? In any event, you see from this Gemara conclusion, basically the Biudah would have proved himself from Hilni. Bottom line, the rabbis went into the sukkah was above 20. He learns... She was sitting, according to, according to the other rabbi, Rabbi Yoshia, it was a regular sukkah, above 20 walls in her reach. According to him, beautiful proof. That the bottom line, what? The walls didn't reach, rabbis came in, said it's okay, the kids are with her, cash it, Rabbi Yudai got a good proof. But according to the other rabbis that say it was a tiny sukkah, she sits in a tiny sukkah, no, 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 she sits in a small cubicle for Siniut, but it's opened up into a... Big sukkah. And the rabbi didn't bother her. According to the Buddha, wanted to, they didn't bother her because it's kashir. And she's a lady. No, but the Buddha says her children were with her. So on that point that her children were with her, according to Rav that says it was a f- less than four amot, we can understand that. You could fit. In Rav Hanan, we had to finagle here because Rav Hanan says it's even less than Roshovin It's only seven by seven. So Rashi answered, either put the table like we said, horizontally, etc. Or, you know what, it's not going like Hanan. And Tosfot said, can you even be going like Hanan? And we're going to say what? It's seven by a lot. And they sat in the long part. Baruch Allah, Amen.